This is the Daily Signal podcast for Thursday, July 22nd. I'm Doug Blair. And I'm Rachel Del Dudas. Representative Lauren Boebert of Colorado just returned from another trip to the border. She joins me today on the Daily Signal podcast to discuss her trip, children who were crossing the border that she ran into, and Customs and Border Patrol just releasing the June border numbers. We're also joined on the podcast by Congressman Louis Gomer from Texas, who speaks with me about his personal experience with the border crisis in his state, as well as his thoughts on how we can make our border more secure. Don't forget, if you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to leave a review or a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe. Now, today's interview is recorded at Turning Point USA's Student Action Summit, so please be sure to excuse any background music and noise. And now, on to today's top news. During a Tuesday interview with Sean Hannity, Senator Rand Paul announced he would be asking the Department of Justice for a criminal referral against Dr. Anthony Fauci. Quote, I will be sending a letter to the Department of Justice asking for a criminal referral because he has lied to Congress. We have scientists that were lined up by the dozens to say that the research he was funding was gain of function, said Paul before continuing. He's doing this because he has a self-interest to cover his tracks and to cover his connection to Wuhan lab. Paul has accused Fauci numerous times of lying to Congress about funding to the Wuhan lab of virology in China by the National Health Institute for gain-of-function research, defined by The Hill as a method in which researchers make a pathogen more infectious, often to develop more effective treatments and vaccines. The debate over gain-of-function research is set against the backdrop of ongoing investigations into the origins of the COVID-19 virus and whether the virus occurred naturally or was leaked from a Chinese lab. The Biden administration is distancing itself from a group that is pushing critical race theory in public schools. The Guide for Racial Justice and Abolitionist Social and Emotional Learning asked teachers to disrupt whiteness and was previously promoted by the Department of Education, but now the department is walking back its promotion of the material. A statement from the Department of Education said, The department does not endorse the recommendations of this group, nor do they reflect our policy positions. It was an error in a lengthy document to include this citation. On Tuesday, the Louisiana Senate voted to override Governor John Bell Edwards' veto of a bill that would ban biological men from competing in women's school sports. The Fairness in Women's Sports Act stipulates that female sports teams at publicly funded schools, quote, shall be for those students who are biological females, as well as bans organizations from taking action against schools that separate sports based on biological sex. The governor and other Louisiana Democrats argue that the bill is discriminatory towards transgender people and is harmful to their mental health, while Republicans assert that the legislation protects female athletes from unfair competition. The bill now moves to the Louisiana State House, where a veto must be approved by a two-thirds majority in the State House in order to implement the law. Israel is asking 35 states to punish Ben and Jerry's because the ice cream company has said they will no longer sell ice cream in Judea and Samaria, two biblical areas of Israel that the Israelis and Palestinians continue to fight over. The 35 states targeted by Israel are those who have implemented anti-BDS policy. Ben and Jerry's said in a statement on their website that we believe it is inconsistent with our values for Ben and Jerry's ice cream to be sold in the occupied Palestinian territory. In a Tuesday tweet, Ambassador Gilad Erdin, Israel's ambassador to the United Nations and the United States, said he urged the governors to act against Ben and Jerry's decision to not sell its products in the eastern part of Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. We will make clear to Ben and Jerry's that its anti-Semitic decision will have consequences. 
Now stay tuned for my conversation with Congresswoman Lauren Boebert on the border. And my conversation with Congressman Louis Gomer on immigration. I'm Zach Smith. And I'm Giancarlo Canaparo. And if you want to understand what's happening at the Supreme Court, be sure to check out SCOTUS 101, a Heritage Foundation podcast. We take a look at the cases, the personalities, and the gossip at the highest court in the land. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you find your podcasts. It's SCOTUS 101. I'm joined today on the Daily Signal podcast by Congresswoman Lauren Boebert of Colorado. Congresswoman Boebert, welcome back to the Daily Signal podcast. Thanks so much, Rachel. It is so great to be back with you. Well, it's great to have you back on with us. Speaking of being back, you were just at the border again. We actually were there a few months ago, but you went back again with former President Trump. And I just want to talk to you about some of the things you saw while you were there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I could talk about the border for, for days. I've, I've gone three times now to the border, and each time is just more and more devastating. And, uh, and the reality of this crisis is brought more into perspective of what's really taking place. I was down in McAllen, Texas most recently uh, with, with President Trump, and I saw groups of unaccompanied minors, dozens of groups of unaccompanied minors, and these these children didn't have adults with them because of the Biden policies, because Biden is encouraging uh, families to self-separate. If your child is six years of age or under, they can't, uh, uh, then you could cross with them. But if they're older than that, then they can't cross with you. So they have a better chance of crossing the border without their children, putting their their children in the hands of the cartel and risking their lives. Uh, one group in particular, they had even found a seven-year-old girl and an eight-year-old boy on their journey and brought them into their group to have them travel with them so they wouldn't be harmed. And uh, while I was talking to the Border Patrol agents who were processing them, they said, you know, this really isn't the the problem that is uh, that is most destructive the big problem is a mile east and a mile west where the criminal aliens and the cartel are running drugs running these criminal aliens into our country human smuggling that's where they find the rape trees where cartels rape women and then they hang their garments as trophies on trees and they said they know that we are preoccupied with these unaccompanied minors and we know that they know that we can't do anything about what they're doing because we're focused here. And then uh, just to see everybody brought into America, all they have to do is claim that they have a relative in the United States of America and it's chain migration and they go to that person and uh, and we're paying for it, them to be there. And they're not tested for COVID when they are coming in. So there, there's just so much there at the border. Um, and our Border Patrol agents, they want President Trump's policies reinstated. They need resources. They need infrastructure there at the border so they can do their jobs and secure the border. Well, speaking of the border, uh, the Vice President Kamala Harris, she was put in charge as the point person, and she went to the El Paso airport and apparently stopped by a Border Patrol station, but didn't actually go didn't to go the, the border. border. What are some of the things you wish you would have seen, or some things you saw that she would have seen had she actually visited the border? I would love for her to see the incomplete border. That border uh, is incomplete because Joe Biden canceled construction on day one of his administration. And uh, I would love to see for her to see how porous the border is. I would love for her to see the terrain that these people are being encouraged to travel, the terrain that the children are coming alone through, and, uh, and, and see that there truly is a crisis. See the overcrowding in so many of the facilities. And then the facilities that aren't 1,400% over capacity anymore, maybe they're just 100% over capacity. 
well, they're not over capacity because they're being shipped all into America. And so um, that's some of what I wanted to see, but I really wanted to look in the eyes of the Border Patrol agents who swore an oath to do their duty and secure our country, secure our nation, secure our border, and they aren't able to fulfill that because of Biden's policies. Well, the Customs Border Patrol just released the June numbers for the border apprehensions, and those are, I believe, at least a month late because mm -hmm. we're well into July. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's the highest number for this time of year in 20 years is the figure that I saw. What is your perspective on these increasing numbers we're seeing? Uh, the, we're seeing an increase because of the policies that are implemented. I asked Border Patrol agents, I said, uh, did you did you begin to prepare for a surge like this whenever you saw the administration was going to change? And they said, yes, we began to build facilities. We knew that there was going to be an increase. But just like Mike Tyson says, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. And they said, Biden's policies have punched us in the face and we cannot keep up. We're overwhelmed, we're overrun, we're, we're, we're understaffed and over capacity. Uh, and so it, uh, there were, um, gosh, I don't remember the numbers now, but in, in um, President Biden's um, administration just last year, uh, it was just such a small amount of unaccompanied minors that were in custody. And now there are a couple hundred thousand that were in custody. And, uh, you know, it's really devastating um, to see that increase. There were um, just, just the, what, what numbers do you have for June? I think it was Mike's around 190,000 190, Yes, I think that was like the ballpark, what they had said. Right. And so, and, and now we're on track to almost 2 million who have actually crossed. I mean, it, just just in this fiscal year. Um, and so it's, it's really devastating um, to have that encouragement of them to come over in this capacity. What is your perspective on the media's coverage of the border? I know that with these numbers just being released, before June, mid-July, mid if that had happened in the former Trump administration, would we have seen media talk about it? Oh, of course we would have. Um, we saw media talk about Biden's, uh, Obama's cages that he built, and they blamed it on President Trump. Um, but media's coverage has been um, very little. They have not covered this enough. I'm grateful for you, Rachel. I'm grateful for you going to the border and seeing firsthand what's happening there and bringing attention to that and getting that out there. That is so vital and so important. Um, but, you know, we even have Democrat congressmen like Henry Cuellar who go on the news and, and talk about the crisis at the border. His brother is a Border Patrol agent. And they just talk about how, how hard that is. And it's Democrat policies that are doing it. And it frustrates even Democrats. I know we saw this on our last trip to border when we were together, but Cochise Elementary School in Cochise County, yes. that's a school that has to yes. be on lockdown periodically because of the cartel right. violence and action there. Are there any other unreported angles of the border situation that you want to mention while we're talking about it? Yes, well, um, not only uh, in Cochise County are those schools on lockdown, but there's also drug paraphernalia all around the school that they have to worry about um, the kids uh, coming into contact with from people just dropping it off and, and running and fleeing. Um, and I think something that's very underreported is what's happening to the people who live on the border. The American families that live on the border, the farmers, the ranchers, uh, their properties are being destroyed, their homes are being broken into. Uh, you know, some sometimes uh, they're, they're just far enough away from the border that people are pretty angry when they show up to their houses and they're pretty desperate and they'll do very... Uh, very inhumane things because they're so desperate and tired and fatigued and so those are those are very real problems that we are not hearing anything about we're not hearing about the fentanyl that's coming through 
our, our country. Uh, there's been enough fentanyl uh, that, that in, in our country to kill every American four times over. It's tragic stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the economy for a minute. You mentioned on Twitter that uh, the Biden administration was talking about how potato chips are up or down 1%, but gas is up 42%. What does that have to say about the state of the Biden administration, what they're thinking about what Americans find what they need versus what is actually what's needed? It shows how out of touch they are with people. I mean, you look, saving 16 cents on a meal is fantastic until you start your car and attempt to drive out of your driveway and then go it all up and you're now almost four dollars a gallon tank uh, a gallon gas you know uh, so that's 16 cents that's just don't spend it all in one place um, it, it really just shows how out of touch they are with the American people uh, everything is skyrocketing everywhere we look there's a crisis um, whether that's with our schools our children um, being being masked being uh, having their education held hostage uh, for political gain um, and, and the critical race theory that we're seeing, uh, where the talk of schools forcing vaccination on our children, all of this is it's such um, an overreach. And everywhere you turn, you can see a crisis, whether it's the border, the energy crisis that we are in. I mean, America can be energy dominant, but we are enriching Russia instead. Biden is siding with Putin and canceling American pipelines, building Nord Stream 2 pipelines. Going back to the border for a second and also COVID, you had talked about on Twitter uh, how that, you know, the Biden administration cannot send resources to the border, but they can send people to knock on doors to ask about if people have gotten their COVID vaccines. Again, what does this say about the state of priorities with the administration? Where should this be and why is it there? Right. So the state of priorities is exactly it. Uh, their priorities are all wrong. They're not going to the southern border um, and, and sending finances down there because then they would have to admit that there's a problem. And I think for them, this isn't a crisis at the southern border. It's mission accomplished. And so that's why we're not seeing any aid be sent uh, down there. This is exactly what they want. They want to create chaos uh, here in our in our country. And uh, people going door to door to ask if you've been vaccinated, to encourage you to be vaccinated, to vaccinate you. I mean, this is crazy town. Uh, I never would have imagined that we would see this in the United States of America, uh, where the federal government is running campaigns like this, or you have governors who are having million-dollar lotteries for those who get vaccinated, or scholarships for those who get vaccinated, and all of these, uh, all of these unique ways. You know, we don't see that for insulin. That's a good point. So I want to talk about your state for a moment, Colorado, the wildfires that are occurring there. I think sometimes folks on the East Coast, sometimes we're out of touch with what's happening. Can you bring us up to speed on what's happening, what you're doing uh, in that regard? Yes. Uh, So with the wildfires uh, in the West, this is a part of our everyday life. We see it. We smell it. We hack through it. I mean, it's hard to work out outside. It's hard to go on a walk, take your kids outside to play because there's just smoke everywhere. Uh, There are multiple fires in Colorado right now, and unfortunately, um, these could have been prevented if we had proper forest management. And so I have legislation uh, to properly manage our forests, and it's actually a very common sense, comprehensive piece of legislation that addresses real issues without the taxpayers having to put the bill for it. Uh, So we have, you've driven through Colorado, there's, there's... uh, pine that have been killed by the beetle bark uh, and um, 
there, there's just millions of trees that are dead and standing, and it's creating a huge tinderbox for these fires, and we need to be able to go in and manage that, harvest that timber, and clear out our forests. Uh, we do not have healthy forests right now, and it's it's devastating all of our land. Now we have mudslides that are an issue and rock slides that are an issue because the ground is not healthy from those from those fires in the past, and uh, and it's just devastating everything around it. So we can actually go in and harvest that timber, and then the companies that harvest that timber would pay a percentage back to the community. So not only does it not cost anything, but it makes money for communities, and we have healthy forests. I want to end with Cuba, talking about the situation there. Uh, Black Lives Matter has blamed the United States for what's going on in Cuba right now because it doesn't support the communist regime there. What is your perspective on that? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad that the United States does not support the communist re regime, uh, you know, but, but we're not doing enough to, to put a stop to what's happening. And uh, it's, it's really sad to see Cubans right now who are risking their lives to stand up to a communist dictatorship, uh, a tyrannical government, and saying, we demand freedom. They're not demanding vaccines, they're demanding freedom. And uh, for those who think that um, government handouts and welfare is enough, look at Cuba. Government crumbs will never be enough to satisfy the human desire for liberty. They are waving the American flag down there because that is the one universal symbol for liberty and justice for all, from Cuba to Hong Kong. And, uh, and, and I, I hope that more Americans can begin to realize that more. Uh, unfortunately, it's the Democrats who see that as a symbol of hate or, uh, or anti-government, and uh, everyone else sees it as freedom. Well, in Cuba, as you were alluding to, people aren't able to get Advil. Right. Healthcare situation there is no terrible. Internet. People wait in line. Exactly. What does this say about what communism does to a nation? And for those who are in classrooms in this country and want to give communism a thought, what would your message to them be as well? Don't run. Uh, so, I mean, a, a communist state, it only enrich, it enriches the elite. Um, we see that time and time again, and it it's, uh, oppresses and suppresses the people. Um, and like I said, they just get government crumbs. Right now in, in Cuba, you're limited to five eggs per person a month. Uh, I couldn't even imagine that here in America. You know, we have, we have obviously a welfare system here, but we don't need a, a complete government welfare state that everyone is participating in. Uh, it's a safety net for those who need it. It's not meant to be a career. It's not meant to be a lifestyle. I know when I stood in line for bread and government cheese, that that wasn't America's best for me. And I knew I could do a better job taking care of myself than government could. Uh, but the thing is, uh, with communism, you can't comply your way out of it. Well, Congresswoman Bobert, thank you so much for joining us again on The Daily Signal. It's great to have you with us. Yes, thanks so much, Rachel. Thank you. Conservative women, conservative feminists, it's true, we do exist. I'm Virginia Allen, and every Thursday morning on Problematic Women, Lauren Evans and I sort through the news to bring you stories and interviews that are of particular interest to conservative-leaning or problematic women. That is, women whose views and opinions are often excluded or mocked by those on the so-called feminist left. We talk about everything from pop culture to policy and politics. Search for Problematic Women wherever you get your podcasts. 
We are joined today on the Daily Signal podcast by Congressman Louis Gomer, who represents Texas's first congressional district in the U.S. House yep. of Representatives. Congressman, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, it's great to be with you. Excellent. Well, big day. Yeah, no, it's a wonderful day here at, uh, at Tampa, Florida. Um, I'd like to talk to you today about immigration. So, on a scale of you know one to ten, A to F, what grade would you give the current administration's handling of the southern border? Well, they haven't really done anything, so I would give them an incomplete, uh, you know, they deserve an F, but it's, it's worse than that. You know, we're talking about the lives of hundreds of thousands of people that he has disrupted by undoing what President Trump had done to help secure the border. And I, I know that there are people that have been told the compassionate thing is just to let people keep flooding into our country. There's nothing compassionate about that. These people are risking their lives. Such a, uh, you know, we're told maybe 25% or so of the girls that come across have been raped repeatedly. Uh, many will be, you know, end up in sex trafficking. There be drug trafficking. I've been there so many times when uh, Border Patrol are going through their questions and with the people that have just come across. And uh, it's not on their list, but sometimes they'll ask, you know, how much did you pay to come in? 5000 6000 7000 um, And they will usually, Border Patrol will say, well, where'd you get that? You don't have that kind of money. And they'll say, we got a little bit here, a little bit there, and they're going to let me work the rest off when I go where I'm going. These are people that are already being indentured servants, and they're going to be shipped all over the country, and they're currently being shipped all over the country. Some bust, some flown. Um, apparently, we're hearing they're even using military planes in addition to commercial aircraft. But these are people that are often shipped by the U.S. government to places where they will participate in sex trafficking and drug trafficking. And yet the U.S. government is complicit. They're accomplices in these horrible, life-destroying crimes that are going on. Far and away, the most compassionate thing we could do was what President Trump was doing, and that is securing the border. If we can get the tens of billions of dollars that the cartels are making every year off of America, we're sending the money because the border is not secure. Drugs sex trafficking, whatever. that's going to the cartels, they corrupt the country, and that's the only thing that's keeping Mexico from being a top 10 or so uh, economy in the world. They've got a better location than the U.S. They've got uh, great natural resources. They've got hardworking people, uh, but they have this massive amount of corruption at all levels because of the American money going across the unsecured border to the drug cartels. So people are losing their lives. They're abandoning the lives they've loved in, in, to come to the United States instead of, they. we hear so often, they say, we loved where we were, we loved our hometown, we loved our neighbors, but we needed to come to America to make money. Well, wouldn't it be great if we could help them not have to leave the place they love and be able to be part of a very vibrant economy? 
Well, we're we're sending American dollars down there to corrupt the the country. A compassionate people would not allow that to happen. And I'm not accusing Biden of not being compassionate. I don't think he knows what he's doing. But but there are people that are calling the shots that do know what they're doing. And in your opinion, what exactly could the president be doing now to actually be compassionate? If the solution right now is not compassionate, what is? If he went back and restored the very programs and agreements that Trump had got in place and then expanded upon those, Trump was on the way toward really and truly getting the border secure. And now it's been totally undone. And as President Trump has said, you know, those agreements, like with Central American countries, with Mexico, they don't happen overnight. That took a, a lot of time, negotiation, and they needs to put those things back. But he wouldn't be able to, Biden wouldn't be able to put them back overnight. That takes time. It, it, but at least for heaven's sake, start. Let's secure the border, stop the suffering, get back to being more compassionate. I think that's a, a fantastic point. Now, Congressman, you are from Texas, and so you have a, a very personal connection to this crisis right now. I was wondering if you could sort of paint a picture. You said you visited the border multiple times. Can you paint a picture for our viewers of just what it looks like? What is it like down there? Well, when I was down there a couple of weeks ago, I didn't get to see the part of the border. I've spent so many hours all night, different days, um, because the wall that at that place is about a mile and a half or so from uh, the river, the, the dirt roads that go along the river, uh, because the Border Patrol used the wall to keep me from getting in. They brought in vehicles to cut off my path so that I couldn't get in. Uh, we're supposed to have oversight over the Border Patrol. They said I couldn't go in. I tried a couple of nights, but that I had to make an appointment and have somebody appointed who would oversee me so they would make sure I could not do proper oversight of the Border Patrol. Look, I, I've been spent so much time down there, so many of them know me, but they were ordered not to let me get to the border. Uh, so I, at one point I went to the part that's uh, locally owned and controlled and not part of uh, the federal property. But anyway, it's really outrageous that they weren't letting a member of Congress get down there to see for himself what was going on. And I'm not big on dog and pony shows and PowerPoint presentations. I want to see for myself. And that's the one thing that this administration had given orders not to allow me to do. It does seem the administration is making choices on immigration that are really causing a crisis. And I, I guess I'm curious because it seems like President Biden has made it 100% clear that he supports amnesty. He supports mm -hmm. these things that are, are going to create uh, a, a bigger flood of illegal immigrants. So let's say that he is successful. What are the consequences here if President Biden is successful in his immigration agenda? Well, it, it will mean the end of uh, the republic as we've known it. We've been moving very quickly that direction. Um, President Obama promised to fundamentally transform America, and that was the one promise that he actually kept. Uh, he didn't stand by people, like, for example, if he sent them to Libya to represent him. 
Um, he didn't stand by our allies. He rewarded the biggest terrorist funding country in the world, gave them money to use for terrorism or whatever they wanted, uh, did what he could to ostracize Israel. Uh, so President Obama did a lot of damage, but he did fundamentally transform this country in ways that are not healthy, not good, unless you're a Marxist, unless you hate uh, uh, the family that Moses said God prescribed as the main building block for society. Uh, if you bought into the things that Black Lives Matter, BLM had posted that they believed in before they took them down, uh, then you know you want to see society destroyed so that a Marxist regime, totalitarian government can take over. And that's what we have been moving much too quickly toward. And I don't know that Biden knows what he's doing, but uh, he's certainly helping move us very, very close to being that Marxist Orwellian totalitarian government that uh, you have in a socialist or progressive um, society. And it's a, it's a scary time for America. But what I'm so encouraged about this weekend is these young people. I mean, millennials, we didn't realize they were being miseducated during the years they were, but people are waking up now. And these this weekend, uh, these thousands of people that have made their way here, uh, they understand what's at risk, and it's great to see them come together and hear what they need to do. Absolutely. I think that, you know, where we're at right now is definitely indication that things are moving in a positive direction. On that actual note of uh, positive development, uh, on Friday, a federal judge in Texas ruled that DACA is unlawful and will not allow uh, President Biden to accept any new applicants for that program. So in your opinion, is this the right, the right step to go? Is this something we need to improve on? Like, where, where does this stand to you? Well, that judge uh, is a brilliant judge, and uh, he has been, uh, he was brilliant in law school, and he hasn't lost his intellect. And he understands that the Constitution means what it says. Uh, the legislation has to come from the legislature and not from a president, not from bureaucrats. It has to be legislative. And uh, so, no, the things that he has said are unconstitutional are illegal. They're unconstitutional. And I'm sure that'll go up the way further, but uh, he has the courage of his brilliant intellect and in knowing what the Constitution says. So, uh, yes, DACA was passed not even by an executive order. Uh, you had a series of a memoranda coming out from Homeland Security Secretary, unelected. So it was the right thing to rule. And as I've said many times over many years now, uh, you may be surprised what I'll agree to once the border is secure. But until the border is secure, it is ridiculous to talk about 
what kind of amnesty, what kind of legality, all this kind of stuff. All that talk does is lure more people to their detriment, detriment and this country uh, into being much closer to being lost completely for all time. So uh, to maintain a republic, you have to educate people about what's required. And unfortunately, this administration thinks if we overwhelm the country with people that do, do not know what it takes to protect a self-governing country, uh, and we don't give them a chance to be educated to that extent, then they'll vote for who, whomever we tell them and you know, we'll take over as a Marxist regime. So it's gotta stop. Once the border is secure, we will continue, even while we're securing it, to allow over a million people a year to come in. There's no country in the world that's that generous with visas as the United States is. So it's not a matter of being a xenophobe. We love immigration. I thank God we have immigrants coming in but it needs to be done legally. Otherwise, we will lose this greatest, best hope for freedom the world's ever known. That's an excellent point. Congressman, we are running a little low on time, but I did want to leave the last word to you. So the way I want to do this is, if someone's to take one thing from this interview, what would you, ask, what would you want them to take from this interview? And then as a sort of follow-up question, what can Americans who are against an open borders policy, who are against unfettered illegal immigration, what would you suggest that they do to take action? Well, we still have representatives like me. We're servants of the people, and it is critical that people make their voices heard to their representatives, to their senators. And if they don't do what a majority of their district, their state wants, then they need to be voted out. But please make your voice heard please stand up for for freedom of speech freedom of religion freedom of assembly second amendment rights and push for the teaching of the things we know are absolutely right and absolutely wrong that has been skewed for 50 years and you can't keep these rights we've had unless you know there is a right and wrong and there is a source, as people going through the 12-step program know, there is a higher authority from, from which uh, real right and wrong come from. So we need to be educating our children. And uh, that means educating them, not giving them puberty-blocking drugs that doctors say amount to child abuse, but teaching them right from wrong so they can grow up free. Excellent point. That was Congressman Louis Gomer, representative of Texas's first district. Thank you so much. It's great to be with you. Thank you. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to the Daily Signal podcast. You can find the Daily Signal podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Please be sure to leave us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is executive produced by Kate Trinko and Rachel Del Judas. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. For more information, visit DailySignal.com.